This is Teachers Talk Radio, and you are listening live. Good morning. It's Monday. It's the 7th of March. I'm Tabitha McIntosh in the breakfast slot, and today we're talking about book banning, teacher firing, cameras in the classrooms to monitor what we're saying, curriculum gag orders, library purges, forced reorganization of teacher training. Not the USSR, but the USA in 2022. This is Teachers Talk Radio, and you are listening live. Tune in live at ttradio.org, or to join in the conversation, download the Podbean app and search Teachers Talk Radio. Follow the hashtag TT Radio. Tune in, talk it out with Teachers Talk Radio. Good morning again. For anyone who missed that intro, I'm Tabitha McIntosh and we are here today to talk about censorship in the United States, in education, in classrooms, in school libraries, and whether or not we're facing something similar coming here, and whether or not there are high profile people encouraging it. I'm going to start by playing you a clip from a Virginia school board meeting. I'd like to make a motion to do a library audit on, on all the schools from K through 12, uh, from the elementary, middle, and high school, create a parent committee to overlook that, along with some admin levels. Um, I mean, it just, the parent, it's, it's, it's sickening, it's sickening, it's sickening, and I've got nothing else to say. I think those books, I don't want to even see them. Like, I think they should be thrown in a fire. I'm sure we've got hundreds of people out there that would like to see those books before we burn them. But uh, 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 just so we can identify within our community that we are eradicating uh, this bad stuff. Eradicating this bad stuff. This is one Virginia school board meeting, but a cursory glance on YouTube or any American news channel will show you that scenes like this have been playing out in school boards across U.S. states for the last year and have only grown more intense in the last few months. As one bill I saw um, mentioned yesterday, so I went and looked at, this one is from Oklahoma by State Senator Rob Standridge, and he proposes that the bill criminalize any school official or librarian that has any books that make as their primary subject the study of sex, sexual preference, sexual activity, sexual perversion, sex-based classifications, sexual identity or gender identity or books that are of a sexual nature. Uh, the bill goes in conjunction with another one that seeks to penalize teachers for a minimum of $10,000 a time if they teach something that goes against a student's religious belief. Those religious beliefs, as you can tell from what they're criminalizing librarians for, are largely around LGBTQ issues. The bill works also in conjunction by a different one, um, by a different state senator, which seeks to ban all LGBTQ books, as well as books about recreational sexualization, i.e. books that discuss non-procreative sex. Something that definitely made the news on um, in Britain that you might have seen in Twitter was um, the Don't Say Gay Bill in Florida. Now, this is part of something that had largely disappeared in the United States, just as we had Section 28 introduced into law in 1988 by the Thatcher government. 
because, as she put it at the party conference that year, children are being taught that they have an inalienable right to be gay. And that had to be stopped because it wasn't normal. And so it was illegal for nearly two decades to teach that um, it was to represent homosexual relationships in a positive light. Um, and let me back up on that. It wasn't actually ever applied to schools. It was a local authority thing, but, but schools applied it anyway. So too, there were a variety of laws like that across the United States that were called what they get called um, hate speech in advance is no promo homo laws, no promo homo. So um, their laws approved that prohibited or limited the mention or discussion of homosexuality and transgender identity in public schools, um, in theory, mostly applying to sex education courses, but in practice in many ways. But they, by 2021, they'd largely been replaced across the country. Uh, the only places they were left was Louisiana, Mississippi, Oklahoma, and Texas. Coming back, people, um, Florida's Don't Say Gay Bill, which passed last Thursday, I'll just read you a little news clip about. Florida's House of Representatives passed a bill Thursday that would prohibit classroom discussion about sexual orientation or gender identity in the state's primary schools. The legislation, titled the Parental Rights and Education Bill, but dubbed by critics the Don't Say Gay Bill, heads to the state's Republican Senate, where it's expected to pass, and indeed it did, Governor Ron DeSantis, a Republican who's running for re-election, has previously signaled his support for the legislation and is expected to sign it into law. As you'd know, again, now I'm dual national, so I follow American um, news a lot more than your average Britain, I think. But if you followed the Virginia election, you would see that teachers, what we teach in schools, what's on school curriculums, as that book burning clip suggested at the beginning, was really central to that election. And there are an enormous amount of um, Republican candidates coming up for next year's elections, midterms, who are lensing their entire political platforms around what teachers are doing in the classrooms. They are concerned overwhelmingly about the very nebulously defined critical race theory and also LGBTQ, text, education, books, especially anything to do with transgender, children or adults, but also the entire rest of the LGBTQIA plus spectrum. 15 other states have bills like this. It's not just Florida with the Don't Say Gay. A House bill in Tennessee would ban textbook and instructional materials that promote, normalize, support or address lesbian, gay, bisexual or transgender lifestyles in K through 12 schools. One in Kansas seeks to amend the state's obscenity law to make using classroom materials depicting homosexuality a class B misdemeanor. So a fine, but potentially jail time. Legislators in Indiana are working to bar educators from discussing in any context, sexual orientation, transgenderism, that's the word they use, or gender identity without permission from parents. While Oklahoma has five, count them five, measures before its Congress that regulate how schools from K through 12, that's um, like early years foundation stage through to year 13, to higher education, into universities, teach LGBTQ plus issues. Two bills would prohibit librarians and teachers from distributing materials on or outright discussing any form of non-procreative sex, gender identity, and lesbian, gay, or transgender issues. 
Right, I'm going to take you to another clip. This one is a news report um, in the public domain from a school board in Texas, uh, Katie and Waller School Districts. That's what ISD is, school districts, and what's going on there. Again, it's much easier to play you examples of this and of parent reaction and of how this is playing out than it is to just talk about it randomly. So here we go. ISD and Katie ISD, both school districts are in the spotlight tonight because of certain books and their school libraries. Some parents are calling those books sexually suggestive and obscene. KPRC 2's Sophia Ojeda live in Katie tonight with the debate over what is and what isn't appropriate for kids to have access to at school. Sophia? Chris, there are six books in question that have several KDISD parents upset. Those books are now off the shelves tonight, but not everyone agrees that they should be censored. I cannot even imagine how I would feel if my child came home with this type of book. At last night's KDISD board meeting, several parents voiced their concerns over six books found in schools, including this one, Jack of Hearts. Parents read a few passages they said were explicit and sexually graphic. And this is just one book. There are multiple hundreds of books that we need to audit out of our libraries right now. Just last week at a Waller ISD board meeting, a passage was read from this book, Beyond Magenta, Transgender Teens Speak Out. Oh, this clip is barely comprehensible. The parents said finished. it was a book from a sophomore language arts classroom. The material, part of a curriculum about dating violence. Some Waller ISD parents also wanting it off the shelves. KPRC2 spoke with several parents who did not believe the book should be censored, but they did not want to go on camera. We also reached out to the American Library Association, whose mission is to enhance learning and access to information for all, but they could not provide us with a statement in time. Censorship is not always the answer. They're going to find the information somewhere regardless, um, but I just don't think it's up to someone else other than parents approving it. And the Texas Education Agency sent us this statement. It reads in part, quote, the Texas Education Agency in conjunction with the State Board of Education sets broad standards for instructional materials. The agency does not approve specific library books. The purchase of library books always falls under the purview of local school systems. The books in Waller ISC, they are still available to students, but they're in the principal's office and they need parents sign permission slips to access them. The books here in Katie ISD. They are off the shelves tonight. Reporting live in Katie, Sophia Ojeda, KPRC 2 News. What I particularly like about that is it's, it's breaking local news to reassure parents that the books are off the shelf. And if that were my child with my op oppositional defiant self, I would be sending them in with a parental permission slip to borrow the books from the principal's office. So the books in question are Me and Earl and the Dying Girl by Jesse Andrews, the Breakaways by Kathy Johnson, Jack of Hearts by Elsie Rosen, Forever in a Year by BT, All Boys Aren't Blue by George Johnson, and Nerdy and the Dirty. Um, some of those books come up again and again on lists. It's all a bit random. It depends on whatever a parent happens to have found. Um, not all of these attempted book bans result in the books coming off the shelves as they did here, but many of them do. Um, Pen America. Pen is a 
both represents authors and also is an anti-censorship organization. And so they've been covering this extensively for the last year that it's really been gathering, but it has got more and more intense since um, the elections in the fall and now in February, 2022. Uh, so here's their summary. They think we should look at um, the huge crop of bills that are currently in front of various state legislatures but they'd like us to focus just on one, Indiana. There are eight bills under consideration there. Um, and so only Missouri, which has 19 bills, has made a greater contribution. 19 bills to control what teachers are saying and what books are in the classroom. Of the eight bills in Indiana, all target public K through 12 schools, two target private ones as well. Six would regulate speech in public schools and universities four affect various state agencies, and two threaten public libraries. All are sweeping, all are draconian, and few make any sense. So then they focus on a bill called HB 1362. The bill would prohibit public school teachers and college faculty from including or promoting in their instruction certain ideas about race, sex, ethnicity, religion, color, national origin, or political affiliation. The inclusion of political affiliation is meant to discourage educators from favoring one group or ideology over another, but in virtually the same breath, the bill also prohibits teachers and professors from including in their instructions any anti-American ideologies. So you can't be political and show your political allegiances, but you are forced to get rid of anti-American ideologies. As they say, what this means is never explained, but violators may be sued in court. Um, an enormous amount of the power of all of these gag orders is depending on individual school districts, individual schools, and individual teachers and librarians being subject to enormous fines. Um, another bill from the same state, even more confusing, says Pan America. It mandates that teachers adopt a posture of impartiality in any conversation about controversial historical events. But it then goes on to state that in the run-up to a general election, students must be taught, quotation, socialism, Marxism, communism, totalitarianism, or similar political systems are incompatible with and in conflict with the principles of freedom upon which the United States was founded. In addition, students must be instructed that if any of these political systems were to replace the current form of government, the government of the United States would be overthrown and existing freedoms under the Constitution of the United States would no longer exist. As such, socialism, Marxism, communism, totalitarianism or similar political systems are detrimental to the people of the United States. I'm not sure that the United States is full of teachers teaching that totalitarianism is a cool and groovy new way forward, though the obvious point to make about all of these is that if anything's totalitarianism here, it's bills mandating what is said and taught in the classroom and bills levying fines and possible imprisonment upon librarians, teachers and school boards that teach things this group have decided is wrong speak. The glory of the um, George Orwell 1984 example, which is relentlessly used by, um, by people trying to argue that inclusive education, education that is inclusive of, of LGBTQ children especially, is totalitarianism because it is forcing them to recognize pronouns or um, beliefs, I'm doing inverted commas there, about transgender people 
that is against their personal opinions, so therefore it's totalitarianism, it's 1984, it's George Orwell, to have any sort of policy in place which says that you have to respect those things. Of course, in the United Kingdom, and we're subject to, well, in, the, in England and Wales, we're subject to the Equality Act of 2010, in which transgender, being transgender is a protected category, just as being LGB and a variety of other things. In the United States, no such federal designation exists. Transgender people aren't protected at a federal level. It's entirely up to states whether or not they designate transgender people as a protected category. And not very many of them have. And what we see here is the result of that. So another thing that we have and that I will come to is a real mismatch, um, a cultural mismatch between British educators taking talking points from American educators who come from a completely different system where transgender people have no legally protected rights. And in states across America, you'll have laws like this, um, which, yeah, is, I would argue, much more totalitarian and 1984-ish than the alleged totalitarianism 1984-ishness they seek to ban. Requiring that teachers deliver these lessons, says Penn America, which is really running out of patience at this point, while also maintaining a posture of impartiality is positively farcical, or at least it would be if the consequences of failure, in this case, civil suits, loss of state funding and accreditation, and professional discipline up to and including termination, were not so dire. Um, I have, I could talk about this all day, for at least a week. So I'm going to be hopping around various kinds of surveillance control, book banning, state intervention um, things. And this one, uh, because I'm, I think I'm sort of picking them in the order of what I would find most maddening. So I'm going to talk about surveillance and control proposals in the classroom next. Um, July 2021, on his very popular Fox show, Tucker Carlson demanded cameras in every classroom to oversee the people teaching your children and find out how widespread poison of critical race theory is. Um, Daily Mail covering it. Daily Mail loves to cover this sort of stuff. They've got a lot of American readers. But again, that's a nice way of um, political entryism of this stuff into British political discourse where it really has no legal or cultural place is my case here. Fox News' Tucker Carlson demands classrooms be put, cameras be put in every classroom. He wants cameras to, quote, oversee the people teaching your children. It cool came during a broadcast on Tuesday night about critical race theory, said the theory was more than BS and branded it, my favourite, civilization ending poison. Showed a video of a father criticising theory at the Illinois school board meeting. Now, yes, of course, he's a culture warrior. He's a blowhard. He does things for clicks and likes, and Fox News pays him a lot of money for clicks and likes. But this is ending up in state legislatures. This is ending up in school board meetings. This is being pushed for. Iowa bill, February 4th, 2022, this news story. An Iowa bill could see cameras installed in classrooms so parents can live stream. Conservative lawmakers in Iowa are pushing to have cameras installed in public school classrooms to allow parents to watch via live streams as the debate over critical race theory continues to rage. The lawmakers introduced the bill this week that would see cameras put in almost every K through 12 classroom, with the exception of phys ed and special needs classes. And what, what would happen if we refused to live stream? Or, as some people are suggesting in various bills, wear body cams 
live body cams to catch us doing a critical race theory or inclusive LGBTQ education. Teachers who fail to keep the camera recording or obstruct its view could be fined up to 5% of their weekly salary each time they're caught doing it, according to the bill. Mm -hmm. Parent scrutiny of class materials. Um, hi, Sarah Johnson. Uh, she is saying hello all listening in from the UK, specifically England, particularly in interested as I started teaching during the rules of section 28. And I remember how much that affected teaching and children. The don't say gay bills, the, the gag orders, the um, no promo homo laws, as they've been called in the United States for the last 20 years, they're one thing that's very similar to Section 28. These are a whole new world of, of control of the classroom. So if we take concern about alleged political indoctrination or neutrality about these things, this goes to, but how can we make sure what we're worried is happening is definitely not happening now we've passed these laws, or we're gonna bring in cameras. So that's the camera sort of bill. The other kind of bill that is all over the place is parent scrutiny of class materials. So that every parent in every school, in the state or school district, can pour over all the teaching materials for class and flag and decide in advance if those violate their personal religious beliefs, which that one Oklahoma bill would, would charge teachers $10,000 um, every time they violated a, a family's personal religious belief by what you were teaching, or make a formal complaint about the presence of insidious critical race theory. You'll notice I'm not really defining critical race theory, and that's because it is nearly impossible to define in practice. The literal meaning of critical race theory, it's a graduate level legal studies discipline you have never done officially anything called critical race theory unless you've been in a graduate school doing law in the united states what it does is look at how supposedly race neutral laws race uh, laws that don't seem to have any kind of bias whatsoever um result in extremely racialized racially biased outcomes um, and therefore it looks at sort of structural racism so it's not about individual race the individual racial bias or animus um, in individual lawmakers or citizens going about their lives. It's about how the law is set up in ways which impact specific groups quite particularly. That has been taken, that, so that is critical race theory. However, when people talk about critical race theory, they mean an enormous variety of things that are really, really difficult to pin them down on. Um, so we'll, we'll come to some of those as we go, but I'm deliberately avoiding um, giving the definition to any one group of people. So we, we know what the technical definition is, we know how it's practiced in, in, in universities, but it changes on the ground in every bill, in every concerned parent, in every right-wing talk show host, in every um, you know, American educational anti-CRT document. And it means something different every time. Um, if you're listening and you're an English teacher, you'll be stunned and amazed to find that the very basic way in which we teach literature in this country is critical race theory. Yeah, you're doing it, even now, without, without knowing you were. So yeah, parent scrutiny of class materials. I'm imagining right now putting up my PowerPoint to uh, discuss the representation of Ophelia in Hamlet, which contains three entire slides about Hamlet's Country Matters dialogue 
and uh, the etymology of the root word of country there, uh, what it sounds like. And uh, it would blow their minds, people. It would blow their minds. All right. Republican lawmakers seeking to limit what Kansas's public schools teach about racism have settled on a proposed Parents' Bill of Rights aimed at giving people outside the education system more power to shape what happens in classrooms and school libraries. A Republican-controlled Kansas House Committee on Thursday approved the measure, which would require schools next year to start posting information online about classroom materials. Uh, would also require schools to compile lists of materials recommended for parental review over violence, sexual content, or excessive profanity, allow people to push to remove materials from libraries, and permit lawsuits over such issues. So again, the financial penalty for these things is um, endlessly being emphasised. We bankrupt school districts if they don't teach what we want. That's not totalitarianism, it's, uh, it's the market in action, right? Uh, conservatives, I like this bit, acknowledge that they've struggled to correctly label what they're trying to keep out of the classroom and libraries so that the rules aren't easily flouted. Some argue that the problems they see are broader than lessons suggesting that slavery and racism still guide USA, US society today. Um, another one, this one from February 12th. Again, this is all happening right now and um, before the invasion of Ukraine by Russia. This was one of the most predominant narratives on American cable news or in um, sort of culture war American publications was how our schools are being taken over by critical race theory and the transgender people and how we can push back and win elections. It's quite specifically identified as the winning wedge issue for Virginia and specifically being pushed as a winning wedge issue for the midterms, which, as I say, are coming up. So... <laughs> This one, um, Columbus, Ohio, Republican state lawmakers trying to require schools to post all course materials online so parents can remove them, part of a broader national push by the Republicans for a sweeping parents' bill of rights. Um, the bill, says Katie Peters, a high school English teacher in Toledo, insinuates there's some hiding happening. It makes me a little defensive because I'm like, no, no, wait a minute, we're not hiding anything. The transparency is always there and the parents who have cared to look have always had access. Um, headline for you from August 3rd, 2021. A $5 million fine for classroom discussion on race. In Tennessee, this is the new reality. Tennessee aims to levy fines starting at $1 million and rising to $5 million on school districts each time, each time one of their teachers is found to have knowingly violated state restrictions on classroom discussions about systemic racism, white privilege, and sexism, according to guidance proposed by the state's Department of Education late last week. So that explanation of critical race theory that I gave you, where I said it was not about individual racial animus, but instead about laws and legal systems, which impacted different racial groups in different ways, my school could be fined $1 million if I said that in a classroom, because I'm therefore saying that racism is structural in some ways. This is why many critics of all of the anti-CRT stuff say, what you're trying to criminalize here is the teaching of history and law and sociology and English literature, as we'll see. I, I love to stick English literature in like we're, like we're relevant. <laughs> Of course we are. We're the most important teachers, uh, history teachers, really bearing the burden 
of an awful lot of this. There's a whole facts don't care about your feelings feelings very much care about your facts aspect to this that we'll come to in a minute about the bits of history and the approaches to history that should not be taught. If, by the way, this is reminding you of Nadim Zahawi's and the Department for Education's guidance on non-partisan teaching, I would argue that it's non-coincidental that that was released in February 2022 as all of these bills are making their way across state legislatures in America in 2022. But don't worry, I'll come back to fermenting distrust of the UK government um, shortly. Uh, Teachers could also be disciplined or lose their licenses for teaching that the United States is inherently racist or sexist, or, as we get to the feelings part, making a student feel guilt or anguish because of past actions committed by their race or sex. That's where it gets very, very tricky in the application. If I teach about, say, my own personal family's history of um, slave ownership in New Jersey, uh, they, they ran, ran a, a slave trading ring for a while where they kidnapped free, free children in New Jersey, shipped them down to Louisiana, um, to New Orleans, and then had them labor on a plantation there named after the family. If I teach that, has that made me feel guilt and anguish? If I run across that in class, do I feel guilt and anguish about my ancestors' behavior? Well, that's very much in the eye of the beholder, isn't it? Um, and so the, I would say unintended side effect, but I think personally it's quite an intended side effect, is that it becomes very, very difficult to teach certain areas of history altogether, lest you make some people feel guilt and anguish about it. Hmm. Um, book banning efforts across the USA. Challenges to books about sexual and racial identity are nothing new in American schools, but the tactics and the politicization are. Um, so this one is a summary of some book bans going on January 2022. In Oklahoma, the state Senate would prohibit public school libraries from keeping books on hand that focus on sexual activity, sexual identity or gender identity. Maybe it'll go away if you just don't read about it. And I would point out at this point that Texas just passed a law um, that the federal government is pushing back on. Remember I told you being transgender is not a protected category in the United States at the federal level. So Texas has just passed a law saying that any child, anyone under 16, I think under 18, can't remember quite on that, um, whose parent is supporting them in say puberty blockers will be taken away from their parents and their parents will be um, prosecuted for child abuse. They will lose custody of their children and they will be prosecuted, potentially imprisoned for child abuse. And they have already launched an investigation into one woman for allowing her child to be transgender and take puberty blockers. So it's not just, um, these going hand in hand with, with like the Don't Say Gay Bill in Florida going hand in hand with extremely punitive state action, all done in the name of saving the children. In Tennessee, the McMinn County Board of Education voted to remove the Pulitzer Prize winning graphic novel Mouse from an eighth grade module on the Holocaust because of nudity and curse words. Parents, activists, school board officials and lawmakers around the country are challenging books at a pace not seen in decades. The American Library Association said in a preliminary report 
that it received an unprecedented 330 reports of book challenges, each one of which can include multiple books just last autumn. Um, Suzanne Nossel, the chief executive of the free speech organization Pan America says, it's a pretty startling phenomenon here in the United States to see book bans back in style, to see efforts to press criminal charges against school librarians. So such efforts keep failing, but people keep trying. Such challenges have long been a staple of school board meetings, but it isn't just their frequency that's changed, it's also the tactics behind them and the venues where they play out. Conservative groups in particular, fueled by social media, are now pushing the challenges into state houses, law enforcement, and political races. Like I said, hugely influential in the upcoming midterm elections. The politicization of the topic is what's different than I've seen in the past, says the chief executive of content at Follett School Solutions, one of the country's largest providers of books to K through 12 schools. It's being driven by legislation. It's been driven by politicians aligning with one side or the other. And in the end, the librarian, the teacher or educator is getting caught in the middle. Among the most frequent targets are books about race, gender and sexuality, like George Johnson's All Boys Aren't Blue, Jonathan Levison's Lawn Boy, Maya Kababe's Gender Queer, and Toni Morrison's The Bluest Eye. In Texas, this is a story from the 1st of February, 2022, records, um, one organization just checked records requests and they did a small sample of the state's 1,250 public school systems showing that there have been 75 formal requests by parents or community members to ban books during the first four months of this school year, which compares to a grand total in the same period the previous year of one single book. All right, I'm going to play Gail Glenn's news for Teach Talk Radio. And then when we come back, more of the, I would say, three-minute hate, but it's been going on for over a year now. So more of the one-year hate from the United States and how it is going to, if it's not already, come to England. This episode of Teachers Talk Radio has been made possible with support from Witherslack Group, the UK's leading provider of SEN education and care. They're here to support you, too, through an ever-growing offer of free resources, including webinars, podcasts, articles, and events aimed at supporting teaching professionals like you. Visit their website at www.witherslackgroup.co.uk to find out more. Introducing Uplearn. Uplearn is an online curriculum learning resource for A-levels that improves student outcomes whilst reducing teacher workloads. Teachers use Uplearn to facilitate independent learning and consolidation of classroom material. Over 150 schools have seen great improvements with Uplearn, including St Paul's Girls School, Michaela Community School and ARC Schools. Book a demo at uplearn.co.uk and quote TTR for 10% off. That's Uplearn, U-P-L-E-A-R-N Introducing Bulb. With evidence-based learning at the forefront of education, let Bulb digital portfolios help reshape your educational practice. Bulb helps teachers teach and learners learn. Bulb is an easy-to-use, fully accessible digital platform that captures students' digital learning assets in one place, allowing them to evidence their learning and reflect on their growth. 
our dedicated team of education <coughs> specialists are on hand to ensure the bulb fits seamlessly into all of your teaching practices. Come take a look and get a free account at bulbapp.com. If you're listening to this, then we know we share one thing in common. A passion for the type of outstanding education that every child deserves. That's what makes us the leading provider of specialist education and care. We need people like you to help us achieve even more. With us, you'll be given all the resources and support you need, offered a clear path to career progression, and be rewarded with some of the best salaries and benefits the industry has to offer. We are with a Slack group. If you'd like to find out more, we'd love to hear from you. Visit www.withaslackgroup.co.uk forward slash careers and be part of our future. This is Teachers Talk Radio, and this is Teachers Talk Radio News with Gail Glenn. Young Enterprise Scotland started out in 1992 and supports around 16,000 young people from all backgrounds each year to develop their business knowledge, entrepreneurial skills and become more employable. It is hoping to grow its hashtag female boss programme through schools, targeting young women in S34 and ahead of course choice in S5. Liz Wardlow, College Delivery Manager for Youth Enterprise Scotland said, Our aim is to inspire, empower and support young women from a younger age to develop themselves through enterprise. This will include supporting them in developing their leadership skills, their entrepreneurial spirit and focus on developing confidence from within, touching on self-esteem and resilience building. By targeting S34, this would hit more pupils and also help them in the course choices for S5. It also creates a structured ladder of enterprise into a Young Enterprise Scotland company programme, an accredited qualification recognised by UCAS, which they can participate in in S56. Ultimately, it will give more young women the opportunity to develop themselves through enterprise and potentially become successful businesswomen and leaders. As part of the Pennine Lancashire Treescapes project, children attending St John with St Michael Church of England Primary School in Shawforth, Rochdale, have planted 112 trees on their school site. Each tree has been registered with the Queen's Green Canopy project. Head teacher Stephen Rooney said, Teaching our children about the environment, and most importantly how to protect it, is now the most crucial area of learning within our geography curriculum. After all, it is our children who will develop the innovative solutions to tackle climate change in the future. Therefore, it is our duty as teachers to plant the seeds of curiosity and ambition for our children to take forward for the rest of their lives. I'm delighted that our school is taking part in the tree planting campaign and registering all 112 trees with the Queen's Green Canopy is just wonderful. The children had a fantastic day learning lots of new skills 
and it was wonderful to see them helping and supporting each other. This has been your latest Teachers Talk Radio News with Gail Glenn. This is Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods, your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. Hello, this week I'm going to talk timers. After being challenged to make a timer with shapes in PowerPoint, I thought I'd throw out a quick tip for the most common presentation software used in teaching. Microsoft PowerPoint and Google Slides. The easiest way to add a timer is embedding a YouTube timer video. In Google Slides, it's easy. Simply click on the insert menu and select video. You'll then be given the option to search YouTube. If you didn't know already, YouTube is full of timer videos. So type in the timer you want, for example, five minute timer, and you'll be given a list of videos to choose from. Select the one you want and it'll embed. Finally, use the video format options to determine whether you want it to play on a click, start automatically or manually. Job done. You can also do this in PowerPoint, but you'll need to search YouTube first to find your video as you'll need the video's URL. If you're not a geek, that's the big long www address. Now you've got the address, select insert video and online video. Paste in the address and it will embed. Again, you can decide how it plays back in the playback menu. For both these methods, you need to be connected to the internet for them to work, but usually you will be. For this week's visual version, I'll retweet my example of the shape timer from last week and add a short tutorial demonstrating the methods I've just described. So don't forget to check out the TT Radio 2022 Twitter feed. I'm Steve Woods, and that was Two Minute Tech. Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods, your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. Welcome back, everyone. I'm Tabitha McIntosh. This is The Breakfast Show on Teachers Talk Radio. And today we are talking about, I am talking about, the wave of bills that is sweeping United States legislators trying to control what teachers do in the classroom. Um, the easiest way to get you up to date, if you've only just joined us, is for me to go to the Google Sheet that Pen America, the writers anti-censorship organization maintains, which lists state by state um, current provisions about educational gag orders, stopping teachers from teaching things, what's going on in those states, whether they've passed or not, and what the enforcement or penalties will be. So I'm just going to read you a few. I couldn't possibly read you all of them because the spreadsheet is enormous. Alabama Bill HB9 SB7 bars agencies and political subdivisions of this state from teaching, instructing or training any employee, contractor, staff member, student or any other individual group to adopt or believe divisive concepts. The enforcement penalty for that would be forfeiture of current state contract and you will be ineligible for future contracts for teaching divisive concepts. It's lovely when they're um, when they're so vague like that, isn't it? Divisive concepts. Uh, Alabama HB 11 bans schools from requiring students to personally affirm or adopt or adhere to outlined tenets allegedly associated with critical race theory or from doing so in a course of instruction. It bans schools from distinguishing or classifying a student based on race or colour, mandates termination of any employee who violates the provisions of this bill. So instant teacher firing. Let's move away from Alabama and go to Alaska. 
Uh, Alaska Bill HB 330 prohibits public K-12 and colleges from compelling, indoctrinating, persuading or attempting to indoctrinate or persuade a student to adopt or affirm certain ideas related to sex, race, ethnicity, religion, colour or national origin. Uh, uh, another Alaska bill, let's go to Arizona. Uh, bars K-12 through schools and state agencies involved in the instruction of K-12 through students from including certain ideas relating to race, ethnicity or sex in their curricula. An enormous amount of this, an enormous amount of um, political campaigning is being built around trans children at the moment, trans children and trans adults and any discussion of them any representation of them, any suggestion that, that people can be trans or can transition is being um, turned into a professional disciplinary thing. You'll notice that you can be fired for teaching that in, in these proposed bills. And you can also, in this one, in Arizona, be um, have civil su suit brought against you by the state attorney general. Let's jump further down the alphabet to... Indiana. Oh, no, we did Indiana earlier. You missed Indiana. Listen back for fun times from Indiana. Let's go to Iowa. Uh, very specific, depending on what has been in the news. So the 1619 project, which was um, a project done by the New York Times, which said that when we talk about the founding of America, we should really say that it began in 1619 when the first enslaved people um, arrived in, the, in what's now Virginia, instead of 1776. Um, it's a pretty unexceptionable thing, in my opinion, but then I am a, a, a literary historian of the early colonial period and the 18th century and early 19th century. So this, to me, and in my own family's history, is, well, well duh, that's basic history. In fact, that family history story I told you got featured in an aspect of the 1619 Project. Um, this one bans the use of the 1619 Project curriculum. It reduces budgets for schools, colleges and universities violating curriculum restrictions. It's not just schools. It's not just colleges. It's also reaching into universities and trying to control what they think. And there are teachers, professors across the country who have been fired, um, terminated for expressing wrong think. Again, my point here today is that if we're going to label people totalitarian, if we're going to label people Orwellian, these are the people who are doing the totalitarian Orwellian things. Uh, let's go further down the alphabet to Missouri. Uh, bans K-12 schools from basing any curriculum materials on student, family or community immutable and other identifying characteristics related to various demographic characteristics. Inscrutable, some of this phrasing, but what this essentially means is that if your curriculum materials are based on the idea of black families, trans families, gay families, um, or communities, then that, that will be against the law. It prohibits teachers from advocating for compelling students to adopt or affirm certain ideas related to race, sex and related categories. So the certain ideas related to race would be the idea of structural racism rather than individual personal animus and sex, of course, you know what we're talking about. It's the current Atlantic wide moral panic about trans people, right? The per Punishment for that one would be private right of action, civil suit by the state attorney general, other state officials. A lot of these 
put these private right of actions into the hands of parents. Um, that's what happened with the abortion bill in Florida that has gone through the Supreme Court twice now, I think, and not been sent back, even though precedent says women have a right to an abortion under Roe versus Wade. And so the state can't interfere because um, it's about the right to privacy between a woman and her physician. What the Texas bill did was put it into private hands. So individuals could privately bring suit against abortion providers. Um, and that's what these do too. So they're trying to get around um, laws and precedents surrounding state control and censorship by handing it to parents instead. Oh, what can we do? The school board in Katie has, uh, you know, the parents just asked for this to be taken off the shelf. I'm going to stop reading those because they go on and on and I get angrier and angrier. My blood pressure can't cope this early in the morning. But I will link you that lovely, lovely document so you can stay up to date on who's being targeted in the United States on any given week and what the penalties would be if you taught there and accidentally said the wrong thing. Perhaps, as I said earlier, captured on the body cam that you might be forced to wear in certain states to see if you are committing critical race theory or allowing trans people to exist in your classroom. So um, back to that school district, Katie, that we started with the, the news clip from. It's a suburb of Houston. And uh, parents there, one parent there, asked the district to remove a children's biography of Michelle Obama, arguing that it promotes reverse racism against white people. A parent in the Dallas suburb of Prosper wanted the school district to ban a children's picture book about the life of black Olympian Wilma Rudolph because it mentions racism that Rudolph faced growing up in Tennessee in the 1940s. And, you know, that's going to make people feel guilt and anguish about whiteness, right? And in fact, I just said whiteness, which also means I'm predicating a community of people based on an immutable characteristic, which means I think probably I'm now subject to a $5 million fine in Tennessee because I've done this several times now. or um, obviously instantly being fired, prosecuted by parents of anyone who is listening. And um, I'm sure if someone has some religious views on that, then I could be fined $10,000 for upsetting their religious views. Uh, <laughs> I've got in front of me the um, the request to remove a book called Michelle Obama, Political Icon. And uh, it's got some great, what do you feel might be the result of a student using this resource? is the form that anyone in the school district can fill in. And they've said, complete leftist indoctrination is being placed on any child that reads this book. They do not have enough political background or understanding of racial injustice to see the biased narrative. It shows that Trump is a bully. The Republican party has bad values because they didn't align with those of the Obamas. And if you sound like a white girl, you should be ashamed of yourself. Is there anything beneficial about this resource? This book could have been much better written to portray the successes in Michelle Obama's life. The 2016 election was not an accomplishment or mountain that she had to climb. How sounding like a white girl and the family dream of education was written should have been spun in a more productive manner. Education is important for everyone. It is not a discrimination on any race. We should all strive for excellence. Those bills which very neutrally say, we'll make, we'll make curriculum products available for parents. Um, here's what's in the school library. Here's, you know, it's parent choice. Parents should have control of their children's education. It is deliberately opening it up to this kind of scrutiny, which has always been possible for parents to do, as various educators keep pointing out. But as the Pan America news story showed us, there was one such request in Texas in um, in fall 20. 
2021, 2020 rather, whereas there were, you know, over 70 last year. So more and more and more of these forms are being filled in, more and more scrutiny of what's in libraries, more and more and more blanket requests to remove anything, anything at all, which makes people feel bad, really, which, which might make them feel guilty about stuff. And that brings us to, um, back to Britain. So British educational culture is not without these enthusiastic book banners at all. It's something I know that gets leveled at um, English teachers like me who've removed of mice and men from the curriculum, say, for year nine. Um, I think there are much better books for teaching the lives of African-Americans in the Depression. Um, I don't, I don't, you know, we did student consultation and what the students said, overwhelmingly students and staff, black students and staff, was that um, the N-word being read out loud by largely non-black teaching staff and other students was not something they're particularly comfortable with. They would rather read something else, a different book. So, you know, our libraries and our school cupboards across the country are full of copies of A Mice and Men. It's not been purged from the school. We've just chosen different text from the literal millions of texts that have ever been published to teach instead. And some people call that totalitarianism and banning books and censorship. That's not banning books. That's choosing a different text for the curriculum. That's a curriculum choice. Banning books is what all of these people are doing. So just to touch on um, some of the things going on in this country, um, this is something I tweet about all the time because it, it still staggers me. And when Deem Zahawi became Secretary of State for Education, one of his first moves was to hire Mark Lahane as a special advisor. So Mark Lahane is now a SPAD, lovely word, very unique to Britain, special advisor. Now, he's a man who left teaching in order to found a culture war pressure group called the Campaign for Common Sense. It stopped putting out tweets and activity when he was appointed SPAD, but we've got, um, and, and he also purged his, his past Twitter feed, which is not, that's something everyone should do, I think, if they, <laughs> if they go on to become a government appointee. I'm not implying that that's sinister. But what Campaign for Common Sense was doing before Mark Lahane was plucked to be a central part of the Department for Education was basically running a pretty much full-time anti-transgender account. So this is um, from November, middle of November, 2021, just before um, Lahane was chosen to go to the ball by Nadim Zahawi. You would think that given all the challenges facing business, companies would be spending their time focusing on their day job rather than wading into divisive culture war debates and risking alienating staff and consumers. Let's remember, what are we talking about? Of course we're talking about trans people. What mermaid stands for? Giving children puberty blockers, legal gender changes without medical approval, and self-identifying trans women given access to women's only spaces. This is part of a wider pattern with corporate HR teams aligning themselves with extreme sides in the culture wars without inviting other groups for balance. Um, that divisive concepts from when I was reading the laws, you'd have seen that that is all over the um, gag orders being pushed in states across the United States. This concept is divisive, therefore it should not be taught. Some people disagree with this, therefore it should not be taught. Um, another one from Campaign for Common Sense um, from September. 
Gender self-ID is a bad move for loads of reasons. Allowing it for 16-year-olds just adds a load more problems to it. Here's hoping the whole thing is rethought, they say. Um, those that's just a tiny sample. I could I could read you through. Those those past tweets have not been deleted. Um again, if we're thinking about who the censors, who the controllers, who the culture monitors and um observers of Ron think are, what else was Lahane doing for the campaign from common sense? Well, they weren't just putting out anti-transgender talking points through their not very popular Twitter account. Lahane spent December 2020 auditing BBC comedians for their level of wokeness. Yeah. So, and they released an important report on this. So the group added, from an article at the time, that only four slots, just over 1%, were given to comics who were explicitly conservative, pro-Brexit or anti-woke. Mark Lahane, the Tory supporting director of the pressure group, has used the figures taken from last month's programming to lobby new BBC Director General Tim Davey to change the comedy booking policy. The BBC, said Lahane, is one of the few organisations with the resources and clout to break acts and take them through from opening mic slots to nationwide audiences. However, there has long been a feeling that comedians of a left liberal leaning seem to get disproportionate airtime. This report's analysis suggests that there is something to this. My favourite thing in the report suggests comedians that you might like to consider booking. And um, it includes both Andrew Doyle and Titania McGrath. Titania McGrath is an Andrew Doyle character. So get them both in the same room. I dare you. Of course, that's not about schools. So why am I talking about this in schools? Because an enormous amount of what the Campaign for Common Sense was pushing was anti-Stonewall guidance in schools, anti the very specific um, support group Mermaids, which is for trans children and their parents. They're a wonderful organisation. Um, and, and there's more. And we carry on. Right. So, of course, we have um, Zahawi's guidance on impartiality. The only mention of LGBT stuff in that guidance was explicitly to support LGBT issues and to say that of course you shouldn't be expected to teach both sides if you were teaching about say section 28. But Nadim Zahawi published that guidance through the sun. That's a choice one chooses where to publish. You don't just trip and fall and accidentally put notification of your impartiality guidance into the world's loudest most right-wing tabloid owned by Rupert Murdoch just like Fox News. Um, brainwashing, they headed it. Schools must stop teaching activist propaganda, warns Education Secretary. And as I did a show on this a couple of weeks ago, what the internet, what Twitter, what The Spectator, what Unheard, what Quillette immediately heard was that this could be used to stop biased teaching of um, gender in schools. Uh, just a, a random headline, for example. This was uh, Debbie Hayton in The Spectator. Propaganda is still propaganda when it's branded with rainbows and sparkles. It seems that the Department for Education has finally noticed. Let's hope that I'm wrong there. But that brings us to why I'm doing this show today and what's happened over the last week. That brings us to a US organization called the Chalkboard Review. Shortboard Review got into the press, and you may have heard of it recently because um, their Twitter account was suspended along with the associated accounts of two of their founders. Um, 
it transpired afterwards. I think that um, a, a teacher somewhere in the United States had made the complaint. They have been suspended. They are back again. Um, Tom, of founder of Teacher Talk Radio, had uh, Daniel Buck, their co-founder, on to talk about being censored. There was a lot of res- report, you know, support for, for them because, you know, we, we don't like things disappearing. We don't like censorship. Let's go with that. We don't like censorship thing. Let's go with we don't like partiality. Let's go with we don't like partisan teaching. And look at what the chalkboard review does. What is the point of the chalkboard review? Now, last week, I said that if um, the chalkboard review became permanent hosts on Teacher Talk Radio, then I would not go on Teacher Talk Radio anymore. It wasn't an ultimatum in that was trying to get people taken off. I'm just, as I hope the last hour of broadcast has made clear, very, very concerned with censorship and education in the United States. And the chalkboard review is very much an engine of that. Uh, Here's an editorial from 2022 from their data and analytics coordinator, Daniel Elmore. Prompted by the folly of Terry McAuliffe during the Virginia gubernatorial election saying, I don't think parents should be telling schools what they should teach. Education has become a prominent issue for parents throughout the country. From critical race theory to radical gender ideology, schools have become the target for both Republicans and Democrats alike. Again, the title on that, Conservatives Can Make Education a Winning Issue. They are a partisan organisation. They are very specifically tied to a Republican position. They are very specifically supporting Republican candidates. They appeared at CPAC recently, which, oh God, I can't remember the initials, what CPAC stands for, Conservative Party, blah, blah, blah. It's turned into a, a very Trumpian affair lately. But, you know, they're, they're going to the heart of um, of conservative politics, populist conservative politics. They're presenting their, that's who they are, that's what they do. Um, and their main guy, Daniel Buck, um, just to give you a sense of how focused they are on bringing censorship to classrooms, on banning books, on controlling curriculum. Here is his article, again, January 26, 2022. This is this year's thing, both for the chalkboard review and, um, and also for US elections generally. Banning critical race theory in schools isn't enough. That's the title. Banning critical race theory in schools isn't enough. Um, again, I will link you the Pan America Index of Educational Gaggle Woods, because every single one of those is attempting to ban critical race theory or discussion of radical gender ideology in the classroom. But Daniel Buck and the, the chalkboard review just don't think that's good enough. That's not quite enough to make sure that we're not doing teachers, even if we've had laws passed that are gonna criminalize us, they're gonna fine us, gonna control what we say, it's not good enough. Let's find out why that's not good enough. Just as conservatives change the courts, so too do they need to overhaul the education system, he says. While pundits bicker about whether bills targeting critical race theory in schools are ethical or constitutional, an equally important question is whether they're effective. I'm smiling there. Look at him. Some people may say that this violates all kinds of constitutional things about censorship or whether it's ethical to. But his question is, are they harsh enough? 
will they actually outlaw the wrong thing that he wants outlawed? While such legislation is a workable stopgap to loathsome practices, it can only work as a temporary measure. CRT, he says, is not is manifested not primarily as a set of explicit ideas to be taught, like the freezing point of water or the causes of World War II. And that is why I've been vague about the definition of CRT outside its quite literal definition, because so is Daniel Buck, so is the Chalkboard Review, so is everyone bringing these bills. It's not explicit ideas. If you look for it in the curriculum, it's not there. So Daniel's going to help us find it elsewhere by sniffing it out and then making sure we have a solution that no one can follow. Rather, it's a philosophy that informs the instruction, curriculum and policies of various districts. We cannot outright ban CRT from our schools any more than we can ban the influence of philosopher John Dewey. When the culprit is a belief system, bans are the wrong tool. Hmm, what should we do instead? Well, first, he very conveniently goes through two different bills to explain to us why it won't control teachers' thoughts and words well enough. Consider Idaho's bill that bars any educational institution from asking students to classify themselves in activities based on race or encouraging them to adopt beliefs about inherent prejudices of individuals. Such language would mean no more affinity groups as success. But what about the bigger picture? See, Florida's latest bill improves on Idaho's. It bars teachers and schools from indoctrination and persuading students to a particular point of view. But even so, a radical philosophy of education can wiggle around those strictures. Would asking students to read Romeo and Juliet through a lens of race or post-colonialism constitute indoctrination in these legal terms? Um, I read that earlier to my mother, who was an English teacher for 20 years, and she couldn't understand it. It was so dunderheaded. Um, first off, I don't know why you'd read Romeo and Juliet through a lens of race or post-colonialism, but, you know, you do you. Uh, second, reading things through critical lenses is what we do. But here he finds this so morally objectionable, the fact that you might do a feminist reading of Dracula or a queer theory reading of Dracula or a Marxist reading of Dracula. That's my planning for the next half term, by the way. Um, that is indoctrination. So having critical lenses, believing in, in critical theory is wrong think. And <laughs> kind of one of my favorite things is that what's happened as people have lost their whole minds um, over the last two years is that anything with the word critical in has turned into a stalking horse of whatever it is these people are terrified of. Right. So critical thinking, critical theory, critical race theory, critics, it must be bad. Um, so CRT bills, he says, they're not good enough. And I'm going to read you another one. Let's see if it's good enough. Uh, this is South Carolina. It will bar K through 12 schools and colleges from teaching, including in curricula or compelling students to adopt and affirm certain ideas about American history, race, sex or other characteristics. Institutions are also from prohibited from requiring or encouraging employees to attend workshops or training where such ideas are promoted. You are not allowed to mention the 1619 project. You will receive monetary penalty and loss of state support. Let's go back to Daniel Buck. CIT rules fall short because of the amount of classroom instruction that occurs unobserved. Mm. At schools where I've worked, 
teachers stick to and deviate from the curriculum like a drunk driver following highway lanes. A supervisor might visit the classroom once a semester, but other than that, teachers are autonomous. So when I did my observations um, the other week for, for the, the people I supervised that I line managed, I didn't know, and now I realize that, that though they seemed to be just doing normal lessons, every second I wasn't observing them, they were probably um, doing major communist indoctrination to tell the children to rise up and smash the state and or become transgender right now, because that's the kind of control we have over students. One review found that most teachers regularly supplement official curriculum with online resources. Not a bad practice necessarily, but it does mean that much instruction goes unaffected by mandates and curricula. So the laws aren't enough for the chalkboard review. It's not enough to put these laws saying what should be in the curriculum. It's not enough to let parents have access to what is going to be in the curriculum because those sneaky, sneaky teachers have their own minds and, and might say wrong words or think wrong things or find wrong materials. So what can we do? Well, we're just going to have to burn it all down, people. To rebut CRT and the umbrella philosophy of critical theory. Ah! <laughs> uh, all of critical theory is now wrong think just amazing so uh, there's one of the reasons i think this has all been allowed to get so far is because it's it's crazy i mean sorry to use ableist language but it's just deranged their version of of what critical theory is and its historical trajectory bears so little relationship to reality that uh, you know people like me just laugh at it I've been, I laughed for a year when people were saying, you know, Foucault killed God and what, what are you talking about? Have you read Discipline and Punish or what? But actually, while I've been laughing, while we've been laughing, they've been taking it very, very seriously and they've been putting the laws in place to do it, but not just the laws, right? Because let's go back to Daniel. It requires that we patch up leaks as they appear, but also replace the hull. That sounds worrisome. What is this ship whose entire hull we are replacing, Mr. Buck? It necessitates, he goes on, a reconsideration of policies from teacher licensure to school accreditation, institution building, school choice, standardized testing, and ending the ideological influence that unions and universities have on public education. It will require a monumental overhaul of predominant philosophies of education akin to the federalist movement in our nation's cause. So these laws aren't enough. Um, cameras in classrooms isn't enough. Publishing curriculums isn't enough. Banning books isn't enough. Criminalizing and putting massive fines on librarians and teachers isn't enough. We need to root it out completely. We need to purge the universities. We need to get rid of the universities. We need to get rid of all teacher accreditation schemes and start from the ground up in our glorious new future of the right kind of people doing education. Let CRT bills be, he ends, the beginning, not the end, in the conservative effort to save America's schools. Why am I focusing on Daniel Buck and the chalkboard review so much? Um, again, for anyone tuning in now, it's partly because there was a kerfuffle last week where I said that I would not be part of Teach Talk Radio anymore if, if um, Chalkboard Review was going to have a permanent hosting slot. Anyone from Chalkboard Review? Not in a personal capacity, but as a Chalkboard Review person. And I hope that um, 
this indicates a where it was coming from but also b how chalkboard review is finding its way into broader british education social media um and finding people picking up on it um, and finding it has a lot of correspondence with their theories on changes to initial teacher education the role of universities in training teachers um the role of unions in being too woke i do think that they're coming from completely different places but there's a shared vocabulary which makes this kind of really rather terrifying attempt to control root and branch all american education to install cameras to find people to criminalize teaching things you don't agree with um it has the same language high standards of expectation um you know non ideological evidence based education it it sounds the same as words we use in this country and yet it's coming from very very different places so just to look at um now here's here's where i could reasonably be accused of bias because both of the people i'm about to talk about have blocked me on twitter <laughs> um both of the people i'm about to talk about uh do not like me personally um fine you're allowed to not like me personally i'm i'm annoying i get that i'm talking about them because they have huge social platforms and because they're government appointees so i am of course talking about two of britain's education czars um the social mobilities are Catherine Burblesing and the behaviors are uh, Tom Bennett and both of them are admired by Daniel Buck and and the chalkboard review but also both of them very much admire the chalkboard review and um if i could say anything i would say that there needs to be more background research prior to posting if you're in a position that's strong. So, um Catherine Bebelsing, so exciting to see these teachers in the US speaking out against the status quo. And that's where she has what she's retweeting there is the two founders of Chalkboard Review breaking the teacher code of silence and going viral um sitting in cars ranting about how CRT is indeed taught in schools. Um then we've got her um retweeting something else from a uh, chalkboard review she says i was interviewed a while ago by chalkboard review and we chatted about the importance of holding high standards for kids close down daniel buck these guys are just sensible teachers slash educationalists in the us this is mad that was after they um their accounts were suspended on twitter these guys aren't just sensible teachers educationalists right i mean like the kind of behavior gurus here tom bennett there that is you know high standards high behavior educations it's not the same thing not the same thing at all at least i've not heard tom bennett or cashel bobbing saying that that the the ship of state is a leaky disgusting monster that needs to be stripped back and replaced wholesale so that we can ban teachers from thinking the wrong things in the classrooms and um, cashel bobbing again i am saying here that we need to be more careful about what american things we are bringing into the country because it's dangerous I genuinely think it's dangerous and as the resources I'll put up for you afterwards will show it's a genuine threat in school boards across the United States. Um this was my favorite though. Um she retweeted Daniel Buck his article in the National Review which is sort of the American equivalent of the Spectator. Uh rather than training students to love what is beautiful, our modern progressive theorists would train them to deconstruct what exists. 
right so what what our social mobilities are and and most hashtag britain's strictest teacher is promoting here is an article which this is one for all the uh, all the english teachers out there is an article that basically says that english teaching is um the worst kind of hideous Marxism in the history of the world. Critical pedagogy is the anti-enlightenment wellspring from which CRT and other suspect activist ideologies flow. So if we ban CRT, if no one's officially teaching any of this stuff, because spoilers, they aren't, right? It's not in any of the curriculums. Then where is it coming from? Do you know where it's coming from? English teachers. Ha ha. Knew it. Told you we're the most important teachers in the country. So, Conservatives need to understand, he says, that this problem extends far beyond a few racialized, politicized lessons in coastal schools. One English curriculum, the units of study, which thousands of schools use, bases its work on critical theories, including CRT, but also, brace yourself, post-colonial, feminist, and other radical ideologies. Right, so, <laughs> so he and uh, Daniel Buck and James Fury basically took a textbook um, a language arts textbook, which is what US schools call call um, what we call English, and uh, and went through it with a highlighter pen, essentially finding all the this radical critical theory, which is if you ask anyone, if you Jasmine Lane's presentation at Teach Me English Icons at the weekend, Haley Hughes's you know book on critical lenses, literally any English teacher, anyone who's ever done an English degree, this is just literally what English is, right? What's a Marxist perspective on Anne and Spectacles? That's a joke. There is only a Marxist perspective on Anne and Spectacles. It's it's a very one-note sort of play. Um, but this they're presented in this, this terrifying, deathless, breathless prose as a hideous thing that's happened when you weren't looking. The curriculum cites Kimberly Crenshaw, a founding scholar of CRT, as well as other progressive activists such as Angela Davis, a Marxist scholar, and Judith Butler, a gender theorist. Oh no. All right. Where traditionalist approaches to literary theory. Now, I love this. This is the kind of English that apparently we should be teaching, uh, endorsed by Britain's social media, not social medias are, social mobilities are. Uh, this is what we should be teaching. It used to be that we place primacy on the meaning within the text and authorial intent. Instead, critical theories of textual analysis impose meaning onto the text always leading a reader to the same conclusions through a chosen lens. Texts become important, not necessarily for the meaning they bear within themselves or the larger truths to which they direct the reader, but as a means to interrogate society. Facing this now pervasive philosophy, our recourse is not quite clear. What can they do to control us terrifying English teachers who aren't just sitting about finding beauty in text and recommending beauty? to other people. I posted about this on Twitter a while ago. <laughs> and then we all tried to imagine what English lessons would be like if we were um, merely assessing beauty or pointing to larger things. In your GCSE essay, what does Macbeth teach us about flowers? But they should, they should look like they're innocent, but have a serpent under them would be the only correct answer, obviously. It demands more than a few sanctions from governor's mansions. Again, Mr. Buck and the Chalkboard Review aren't happy with these laws. They're just a few sanctions from governor's mansions. We need more. We need to root it out. Some of our country's most popular charter networks, such as Success Academy, 
although not explicitly classical, have built hundreds of neo-traditionalist schools that give primacy to skills, knowledge, and order. Considering the ubiquity of critical pedagogy in the universities, yeah, because like it's thinking. <laughs> At universities, they do thought. How horrifying. Um, these institutions may be our best means of confronting the ideology. You will have seen classical schools appearing in your feed if if your um, Twitter edu feed is as big as mine. And that is what the classical school movement is being used to mean here. And um, when you see people like Calvin Robinson saying homeschool your children, uh, when you see people like Catherine Burpel saying, saying homeschool your children, when you see Calvin or Catherine saying this classical, ed classical education seems like a lovely lock. Um, this is what is being talked about, right? Neo-traditionalist schools that give primacy to skills, knowledge, and order. These institutions may be our best means of confronting the ideology of thinking, apparently. Otherwise, aiming our public pressure at the universities, the wellspring of this philosophy would put a stop to the flood. If we direct our ire only at public schools, we'll spend time scooping out flood water while the faucet keeps on running, reproducing the same curriculum, ideas and teachers. Right. So all of these educational gag orders, not enough. We should. I'm going to make a hyperbolic comparison now, but it's only mildly less hyperbolic than the um, sinking ship one he's come up with there. This is really Gilead, isn't it? Does this not seem quite Gilead to you? That we should get all the professors, have them lose their jobs, take away education from anyone who um, thinks, I, yeah, who doesn't think that uh, art and art and literature are direct representations of um, godly ideals rather than, you know, artifacts which are interpreted and change over time and have roles in their community. I mean, the entire way we understand literature, the entire way we have understood literature, possibly forever, but certainly um, since the 1960s, is, is just gone here. So we, we want to erase the last 50 years of education and anyone employed in delivering or thinking about their education. Today's progressive theorists only train students how to deconstruct the beautiful and true, not how to appreciate it. Again, I would love to see a lesson <laughs> in, in appreciating the beautiful and true. It wouldn't really be a lesson, would it? Or a sort of be a sermon? What is beautiful? I think I could probably be fined $10,000 for asking that question if Mr. Buck's um, state control plans went through. Uh, if I say that there's different versions of truth, I think I've just offended someone's religious objections about their family, and, and that means I've just been fined $5,000 in Tennessee. My school district and my school might be forced to fire me. Um, in place of a teacher guiding students through the best, which has been thought and said, arming them with the knowledge they need to affect change in this world, they would have students discussing whatever progressive controversy or idea is in vogue, I'll give our students Shakespeare and mathematical equations over placards and bullhorns any day. Now, I'm coming up to the end of my time here. Uh, I just wanted to finish. I said I'd mentioned Tom Bennett and Catherine Burblesing. Um, I understand entirely where Tom Bennett and the Chalkboard Review intersect. 
I understand that there's issues to do with behaviour in schools and high standards and knowledge-rich education that sound like they're speaking the same language. But as I hope the last 90 minutes has demonstrated, these are not British Conservatives. They are not your average run-of-the-mill, I-have-different-views-about-things Conservatives. They are, repeatedly, book banners, book burners, teacher filmers, teacher censors, teacher firers. Um, They want to radically redesign the entire nation in which they live. They want to take over state legislatures. They want to take over the country. They want to redesign it from the ground up in the same way that they're trying to redesign the legal system from the ground up. That's not me using hyperbole. That's me quoting their editorials in the National Review and the Spectator and the Chalkboard Review. This is what they want. This is who they are. And therefore, when our government appointees appear on their shows, as Tom Bennett did a couple of days ago, I think we need to remind our government officials and our educators that this is not British. This is not us. I hope this isn't us. I don't want this to be us. We lived through this being us from 1988 until the repeal of Section 28, and I do not want it back again. And I think most people in this country are solid, decent people who do not want this sort of thing back again. This is a band of tiny, a tiny band of ideologues who are basically radicalizing their country. If there is partisan education, as Nadim Zahawi is so anxious to make sure we're not being, this is partisan education, quite literally attached to political parties designed to win elections. It could not be more partisan. But yeah, Tom Bennett appeared last week, this week, a couple of days ago, on the teacher's lounge of chalkboard review to rip into modern behavioral practices, deviate from progressive norms and bring a bit of humor to the educational conversation. There's not much humor in this educational conversation. That's what I would say. It's depressing. It's grim. My own, um, I have a transgender child, an 18 year old, who normally listens to my shows, but who will not be able to today because it's just too upsetting for her at the moment. Um, The news for her is depressing and awful. And this is exceptionally depressing and awful. Um, Daniel Bundred yesterday posted a story about, um, it's up there, about a school in, um, a Catholic school in London, which is bringing in an author uh, to talk to the boys at their single sex school. And the school has decided that it, because it's um, LGBT friendly, explicitly LGBT friendly, and because the school has a transgender policy which follows EQ10 and the the United Nations rights of the child, there's a very loud online campaign to get them to change. I just want to read the school chaplain. Um, This is what the school chaplain had to say. The head teacher and some governors had decided to disobey the clear instructions from the diocese to ban this author. And this will have serious consequences in the weeks ahead. So what can you do? Firstly, please email the school to stress your request that the event is cancelled and your trust cannot be restored. Secondly, inform your son that he is not legally required to enter the event and can choose not to attend. He is welcome to come to the chapel. This is not about diversity. No one is denying the existence of those who have differing views and beliefs to ourselves. The event is about promoting the literature of a lifestyle choice that is contrary to the teachings of Jesus Christ and therefore has no place in a Catholic school.
St. John Fisher had no choice but to make a stand against tyranny and to defend truth. Now is our time to imitate our patron and restore the dignity of our former reputation. It is funny, is it not, that the people who most seem to be doing tyranny are anxious of doing so because they perceive tyranny in other people. Um, and I will finish. We're coming up with three minutes from the end by pointing out that um, one of the reasons why a lot of this stuff has fallen off the front pages is again because the Russian invasion of Ukraine. And Russia has led the way in bringing back things like Section 28. In 2013, they passed a propaganda law, the 2013 Gay Propaganda Law, um, a federal law for the purpose of protecting children from information advocating for a denial of traditional family values. Uh, it was universally passed in June 2013, signed into law um, at the end of the month. and. As one um, Channel 4 documentary found when investigating people who supported this, the level of hostility towards gay people is eye-watering. In St. Petersburg, we met a married father of one whose groups, Parents of Russia, targets gay and lesbian teachers. He offers cash to anyone who gives him information. This is Russia. This is hell for homosexuals, he says. He tells us laughingly. They should get used to it. Parents being encouraged to complain about LGBT issues, parents being encouraged to fill in forms to ban books about LGBT issues, parents being begged to destroy root and branch what's going on in classrooms, parents, as the Chalkboard Review had recently, um, coming back and sharing materials that they feel are force transing their kids, um, parents doing whistleblower leaks about you know, what their children have learned, all of a piece, all of a piece. October 2021, Russia continues its attempts to silence LGBTQ plus organisations by proposing to introduce an extremist label placed on LGBT feminist and child free movements. Say you don't want to have children, say people don't necessarily want to have children, that will make you an extremist. And that would see a ban imposed upon the publishing of online content. Um, according to the Moscow Times, the chairman for the Commission for the Protection of Children at Russia's state media communications regulator has stated that LGBT ideology, radical feminism and child free movements should be recognised as extremism and an extremist ideology. In Hungary in June 2021, the parliament banned a law showing gay people in educational materials or TV shows for under 18. In Poland, on the afternoon of 13th of January 2022, educational reform was adopted into law after being debated in the lower houses of parliaments. It gives superintendents the power to overrule any teaching materials that are given to schools by outside groups, such as charities, as well as giving them the power to sack teachers who are not compliant with this. It's designed to protect children from anything that is a threat to their morality. And it means that LGBTQ inclusive sex education will become non-existent. Right, it is 8.30. I have been Tabitha McIntosh. I have been a very, very angry Tabitha McIntosh. And I will see you all next week, depending on how successfully or not I'm cancelled for doing this show. Let's find out. Bye, everyone. Thank you for listening to my rage. 
You've been listening to Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live and listen back at ttradio.org. We look forward to hearing from you next time on Teachers Talk Radio.